0: Before dawn, or before dusk, or before dawn. Oh hey, then I'll have the whole night. I'm sorry, you ever seen that? Was it progressive insurance where the little piggy's got his head out the window and he's going wee wee? I felt like that all the way here. And Brian's like, What are you doing? I'm like, I'm so excited. We have church. People. Yes. You you don't understand how hard it is to preach to a camera. We love all of you watching by video right now, but it's just better in person. All right, turn with me and your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And then if you can put a finger over in James chapter 4. Um, We'll get to that later, but Hebrews chapter 10. Today is part 4 in the series we're right in the middle of called In Him. In him, we've all heard the scriptures, you know, that we live, move, and have our being in him, that we died in him, we rose to life in him, that we are united in him, but do we truly know what the phrase in him means? And that's what this whole series is about. It's about uh, deepening our understanding of what it really means to be in Him. And so, this, like I said, today is part four, and the title of today's message is In Him We Have Access to the Father. In him we have access to the Father. And before we even begin to read uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, I need you to understand the order that we've been unfolding this series. The first week we discussed what it really means to believe in him. To believe in him is to place your full confidence and your trust in him and who he is and what he's done. That that Greek word translated believed is not just a professor. It's not just one who professes that they believe or I'm a believer, but their actions prove they're a believer. The second week we talked about being formed in him. That As we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that he is formed in us and actually forms us into him. And then last week we talked about in him, we are as him. In this world, we are the direct representative of Jesus on earth. We are the legal official sent by heaven with his power, his authority to extend his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. As he is, so are we now in this world. And then today, like I said, part four, we're going to dive into what it means that in him we have access to the Father. And you cannot afford, listen, we cannot afford to take these privileges, these provisions I'm discussing, what it means to be in him. We can't take them for granted. See, the devil has duped us into believing that we're waiting on God for revival. We're waiting on God for our miracle. We're waiting on God for our healing. We're waiting on God for our provision. But let me assure you, heaven is waiting on you to get this. (laughs) The minute we get this, then we can start getting this. And the world can start receiving this. But we're not. Listen, that's why we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Why? Because the ball's in your hand. Can I use a metaphor for sports right now since we're all sports depraved? You're right there on the goal line. The ball's in your hand. There's nobody offending, nobody defending. There's nobody coming against you. It's wide open. Take the step. Take the ball in. They're cheering you on. You can do this. You can do this. You've got to get this. Stop taking these provisions that he died a horrific death for you and I to start walking in, to start living in. So let's read in Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to read verses 19 through 23. It says, Therefore, again, when you see that word, don't start reading there until you understand what he was just talking about. For you to grasp, understand the whole meaning of Therefore, what he's about ready to tell you. And I don't have time to dig into the scriptures leading up to this, but just to tell you, right before this, he's talking about Jesus, the one sacrifice for all, died for all. There's no other greater need for any time, any soon, or in the world to come, the all that it's all done. He is our high priest. Everything's done. We are being made perfect. You know, he's going to put, he doesn't just have the laws. He said, I'm going to write the laws in your heart. I'm going to put the laws in your hearts. I'm going to write them on your minds. Why? So that it will be hidden within you. So you can now fulfill by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have been forgiven. Now there's no need, no longer any sacrifice for sin left. Therefore... Brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God With a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would do that right now. That you would sprinkle our hearts with the blood of Jesus. That you would wash us clean, purify us. Right now, open our ears to hear your word. Open our hearts to receive the seed of your word. And God, open our eyes to see you moving today. That we can co-labor with you That your seed would go down into our hearts and produce a harvest a hundred times over for your glory to be on display in and through our life. In Jesus' name, amen. In Him, in Him, through the blood and through His body, in Him, we have access to the Father. Listen, with confidence. "...to enter the most holy place, with a sincere heart to draw close to God, and with full assurance of faith." And, you know, there's this amazing parallel. I don't have time. I mean, I thought I did. I had to delete all this out of the messenger. We would have been here till morning. But if you go back, write this down, and look up. When God gave the requirements in the law for bringing the sin offering and the guilt offering, just those two alone, look at all the things that had to be done is exactly what was done. Jesus fulfilled it all. I love it that God gives us these these visual uh, examples of spiritual realities. Don't ever forget, he said, what is unseen is more real than what you can see. So go back, I think that's in Leviticus 6, look that up. It, it's, I mean, I, I was like circling and underlining everything It's just, it blows your mind. Alright, let's jump into this. In him we have access to the Father with confidence to enter the most holy place. And I know it's going to sound like I'm going to move really fast at the beginning because I want to slow down and, and really dive into the end, Okay. So I am going to push past real fast because I have people watching their clocks now since you're so used to just, you know, half hour message. I'm going to do my best. I mean, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm doing my best. Alright. Confidence to enter the most holy place. In John 10, everybody knows the scripture, John 10, 10, right? The thief, right? You all know that. Do you know what John 10, 9 is? <laughs> John 10 9 and 10 in the New King James Version Jesus said I am the door I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Then here it is. This is the one you know. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. That they will go in and go out and find pasture. Where have you heard that verse before? You've heard that somewhere, right? Psalm 23, right? He'll lead me beside still waters, right? He'll lead me, green pastures, right? He'll lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you rod your staff, they comfort me. Right? He goes on. Your goodness, your mercy follows me all the day of my life. Right? It goes on and on and on. It's wonderful. Beautiful. I will. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Right? You know that scripture. But did you realize when he said, I will. Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will is a choice. Means you have to determine. See, you want all the provision, but what a pastor once said, I don't remember who he said, he said, everybody wants a resurrection life, but nobody wants to die. It's a choice. You want all the provision, well, guess what? You have to crawl up on the cross. I will dwell in the house of the Lord means I'm choosing to enter in. I'm choosing to go in. I'm staying in. And when I go out, I'm still out. I'm still in because I'm out. I'm with him everywhere I go. I'm in him. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Again, may infers a choice. You can choose to have abundant life now. And he's talking about now. He's not talking about eternal life, or he would have said eternal life. He said abundant life. That means life now. But it's a choice. The way has been opened. We can come in. We can go out. We can find pasture. We can have confidence to enter into the most holy place. But hello, you have to enter in. It's a choice. I mean, what good is confidence to enter in if you never enter in? Number two, in him we have access to the Father with a sincere heart to draw near to God. Listen, He said in verse 22, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. I mean, when you think about conscience, what do you think about? Your mind, right? It's that little Jiminy cricket that sits on your shoulder and whispers, you shouldn't do that. Or you know you shouldn't have done that. Don't do this, don't, right? You think about your mind. He's saying, having your heart sprinkled to cleanse you from a guilty mind. I can show you, if I had time, over and over again in the scripture, where it links your mind with your heart. What you think you will believe. When? When you continue to entertain. I've been pulling this out of you for the last five years. Can you believe that? That I've been here. I know. No. No good thank you it's not a good thing when you look at your husband and you say can you believe we've been married 31 years and he goes is that all <laughs> feels a lot longer so it's good that you say no I can't believe you've been here five years if you would have went, yeah seems like a lot longer I would oh, had to leave no I'm not scared that easy But he links it. When you entertain and see, for the last five years, I've challenged you to challenge those ways of thinking. Because just because you thought it, just because you believed it, does not necessarily mean it's truth. We've challenged, and that's what I feel like is a passion of mine through the Holy Spirit to challenge you, to challenge those ways that you think. Why? Because it purifies what you think, cleanses, what you think on determines what you believe. So again, he's linking the two together. It will cleanse, he'll sprinkle your hearts to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. When you feel guilty, it's a heart issue. You've broken your relationship. And I'm talking specifically with God, but you can relate this with your earthly relationships, right? Uh, Let me talk to all the young people in here for a second. You're going to know this, but don't respond because you don't want your parents to know that you know. Because you don't want them to know that you know that they know. But when you've done something guilty, you can't look them in the eye. My boys are old enough now, I can reveal a secret. God didn't endow me with these secret powers to be able to know when you done wrong. Your face done, did it, gave it away. Yep. You looked at me and I went, uh huh. Guilty conscience will keep you from drawing near to somebody, a relationship, a closeness that you have. It will. Right? Okay, now all you adults can chime in, right? Ah, yes, you know that. Same thing with God. He says it's almost impossible, you feel it is impossible to draw near to God when you're riddled with a guilty conscience. And he says, that's okay. The blood of Jesus can sprinkle your heart and cleanse you from a guilty conscience. And go back and look, and I believe it's in Hebrews, either either before this chapter 10 or after, I can't remember exactly where, where it talks about those priests had to come over and over and over again. Why? To cleanse you from sin, but they were incapable of cleansing you from a guilty conscience. But the blood of Jesus sprinkled on your heart can cleanse your mind from this guilty conscience, and it will allow you to draw near to God. And in Proverbs 4.23, we're encouraged, above all else, guard your heart, because it's from your heart that flows life Flows the spring of life, the wellspring of life. In Him, through Jesus, your broken relationship with God can be cleansed, cleansing your hearts, cleansing your minds, opening the way for you to draw near to God with a sincere, pure heart. And number three, in him we have access to the Father, listen, with full assurance of faith. Can you just think about that for a second? Full assurance of faith. I mean, I've been in the ministry, I, I always say around 25 years, because that's, uh, anyway, it's around 25 years. Probably still in 25 years, around 25 years, I, there's very few things I had full assurance of faith when I was moving in faith, stepping out in faith, that I, I absolutely 100%, right? Come on, let's just be honest. But he's saying you can, in him, at all times have full assurance of faith, I don't know about you, but I would like to never have another doubt. Full assurance of faith at all times. Completely assured. Never wondering if. Never doubting but having that full confidence. God said it. He will do it. Absolutely no question. Full assurance of faith. For he Who promised is faithful. Think about that. When you're in him. Who is faithful. When you're in him. Think about it. Come on put it together. You're in the fullness of faith. There's no room for anything else. There's no doubt in heaven. There is no doubt in Jesus. There is no doubt in God. There's no doubt in the Holy Spirit. There is no doubt. There is no ifs. There is only the fullness of faith. So when you are in him, you are in the fullness of faith. In Him, we have access to the Father with confidence to enter the most holy place, with a sincere heart to draw near to Him, and with full assurance of faith. Jesus is the door. In Him, you have to step in Him. Through the door, in Him, you have complete access. Complete access. But here's where I want to camp. Has anybody ever seen that old game show about, I don't even remember what the game show was called, but I remember it was always those doors. Do you want what's behind door number one, or do you want what's behind door number two? Come on, what do you want? It's like, I don't know, show me what's behind the door. I'll tell you which one I want. Right? Right? No, it wasn't the price is right. It was something else. But make Let's make a deal. right? You want to know what's behind the door before you take what's behind the door. Why do I want to go through a door I don't want to know what's on the other side? Well, that's where I want to camp for a minute. You need to know who's on the other side of that door for you to have the will, the desire, the want The need, if I can be that graphic, the need to go in, to have access in. He is God, our Heavenly Father. And how appropriate today, right? On Father's Day, that we're going to talk about the next few minutes about our Heavenly Father. Here's some scriptures for you. God is a giver of all good things. James 1, 17. He is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Hebrews eleven six, 6. Your heavenly father gives good gifts to those who ask him. Matthew 7, And those who seek him lack no good things. Psalm 34, 10. I love it. He is. He is a good, good father. And you cannot limit God's goodness because you may have had a bad father. I was duped into believing early on in my Christian walk. I heard people say, I didn't experience, I've always had a really good father. I mean, he's had a hard hand at times when I was being disobedient, but he always did it with a loving heart. So, When I heard other people explaining their horrible, horrible uh, experience they had with a bad father, and how can you tell me God is a father, isn't he going to be just like? That is not fair. That's like saying, I'm going to judge you, a woman who's five foot two, I was almost going to, no weight here, no age, you're done right there. But because you're a woman, you are like every other woman I've known before. That doesn't make sense either, does it? So you cannot compare God, our Heavenly Father, to your earthly father. Even as good of an earthly father as you may have had. Like, of course, Dale and, and Dave and, you know, Denny. Now this is his first Father's Day holding your little son, right? Yeah, I love it. You you cannot compare even a good, good father, earthly father, to our Good good heavenly Father. It's way above and beyond your understanding what you'll ever be able to know on this earthly relationship. He is much more than. He is a good good Father. Turn with me over to 2nd Peter. I think I already had you go there. It's back a couple more books. 2nd Peter chapter 1 I like it because, again, if you know me, I, my love language is gifts. Probably number one. Number two is almost equal to it, it's acts of service. So don't tell me you love me if you ain't cleaning up after yourself, you know? <laughs> Not taking care of things, don't tell me you love me. And don't tell me you love me and you picked me up something from a gas station on your way over to my birthday party. <laughs> Because the gift also includes the thought behind it that you were thinking about. And, and, and let me just say, Dominic, you are number one in the thoughts behind the gifts. You know, a couple of times that he's brought a gift, he has a story to tell how he was thinking about it. Thinking about you know how and what, and I'm like, oh, that's it. So when I think about God, he is the giver of all good gifts. He has good, good stories behind how he was thinking about you and preparing the gifts for you. And in first, or Second Peter chapter 1, in verses 3 and 4, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And through these, through what's he talking about? These is his divine power, his glory, and his goodness. Through these, he has given us... His very great and precious promises so that through them, what? His great and precious promises, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Listen. It said that it comes, what? Through our knowledge of him. What you don't know is going to hurt you. What you know, but don't live, is going to hurt you. It's already hurting you. It's limiting you. It's keeping you from protection. It's keeping you from access. It's keeping you from, you see that? Knowledge. And I just learned this morning, because like I said, I randomly just listened to some pastors just to, you know, feed myself, basically. Um, and this morning, it was funny, because that that phrase was stuck in my craw, as, you know, the Southerners would say. And the pastor, out of the blue, he says, did you know there's 16 translations of the word knowledge in the Bible? I'm like, Hello? And in this verse is the same meaning in Genesis where it says Adam knew Eve, his wife, and they conceived. It's the same meaning when Jesus said it will come a day when you'll come up to me and I'll have to say depart from me. I never knew you. It's that intimate relationship relationship. Knowledge. It's not just a learned truth. It is learning truth and intimate relationship. It's a knowing. Into me you see. It's an intimacy. It's a knowing of him and knowing in him. That's the knowledge he's talking about. 2 Corinthians 1 and he's talking about here. Sorry, let me jump back. That was just extra. He's talking about he's giving you great and precious promises so that you may participate. May infers what? A choice. It's there. Choose today, right? choose you do you realize you can now right now participate in the divine nature and escape all the corruption in the world caused by evil desires but it's a choice and they come through fulfilled promises what Fulfilled promises. Now let me show you. Promises fulfilled is how we may participate in the divine nature, escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So don't just shrug your shoulders when you're not seeing his promises filled. This is huge, people. This is huge. When you're asking for something, when you're believing for something and you know it's a promise and you've done the condition, remember, don't get duped into thinking that there's not a you part. There's always a you part and a he part, he, God part. If you will do this, he will do that. That's almost 100%, I hate to be that, you know, uh, direct, I'm almost positive it's 100% that every promise has a condition. I'm almost 100%. I'm still studying this out. It's only been 20 some years. I'm still studying this out. But you've done that and you're not seeing an answer to your prayer, please don't shrug your shoulders, oh well, and I'm going to show you why. Here's the application. Your question is, why am I not seeing the promises of God fulfilled in my life? Anybody ever have that question? Yep, 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 yeah. oh, yep, oh, yep, 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 okay, I'm seeing all your faces, yep, yep, yep. I'm going to take you all the way back to the garden, because this was the original lie. In the garden, Eve was deceived by the serpent that God was withholding something good from her. So she had to take it for herself. And it was through that taking it for herself that corruption, sin, entered the world. By that desire, that evil desire, well, if God, God must be withholding something for me, so I'll get it myself. And sin entered the world. That is still, listen, that is still the number one lie. And either you've struggled with this some point in your life, you know somebody who's struggling with this right now, or obviously you're struggling with this right now. You're believing that God is withholding something good from you. And so you've got to go get it yourself. You're not receiving your healing. God must be holding it back. So I have to go get it for myself. You're not receiving the finances you need. God must be holding it back. So I have to go get it for myself. Your marriage is struggling, even though you've asked countless times for God to fix it. He must be holding something back, so I have to fix it for myself. Promises fulfilled is how we participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Whose desires are evil? Your own. I have to get it for myself. God must be holding back at me, so I have to go get this for myself. So what do we do when we're being seduced into believing that same lie? God is withholding something, so we need to fend for ourselves. Here it is, and here's the application, and this is what you need to do. This is what Eve should have done. Of course, it's always hindsight, you know, 2020, right? Or actually, did they tell me it's 40-40? It's even beyond 2020. Sorry. Submit, resist, come near. Submit, resist, come near. That's found in James. Here, let's go back. It's one book. Go back. One book. James chapter 4. Because you need to write all over in your Bible. So you remember this scripture. James 4. You know that weapon that we're training to use right now, right, Victor? Yeah. James 4. Let's just read verse 7 and part of verse 8. It says, Submit yourselves then to God... There's another word. Whenever it says then, it's just like therefore. He's explained a whole lot of stuff before there. And you know what he's, let me just, he's saying, you, you're wondering what's causing fights and quarrels among you. You're wondering why you're snapping at each other. You're wondering what's going wrong. You're you fighting all the time. You're not receiving. You know, you adulterous You know, he's saying all this stuff. You wonder what's going on. He says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Here it is. Verse 7. So submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. See the order? Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, then come near to God. Eve, standing by... I don't care if you want to believe it's an apple. I believe it was a fig. Studies show fig leaves big, apple leaves small, covering parts of their body with the leaves from the tree. Just wouldn't... Okay, get the picture out of your mind. Anyway, she's standing next to the tree. If she would have, what? First thing, submit to God. Oh, God told me not to do this. Guess what? Don't do it. (laughs) Deep. Resist. Resist the devil. He's serpent saying his stuff to her. Yeah, shut up, devil. you a liar. Right? (laughs) Resist the devil. And then run to God. Right? When you have more than one kid and Billy does something to Susie out in the backyard, what does Susie do? Mom! Dad! Right? We need to do a little bit more of that. We need to do a little bit more of that. When the enemy comes sipping at you, what are you doing? You don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. It's okay. You can have a little bit of this. You can have a little bit of that. And then you go, God! Shut up, devil. You're a liar. <laughs> God! Right? You know what the devil told me? Yeah. And God would say, stand right here. I'll take care of that. <laughs> right? Do you want to be near your dad when he goes after little Billy in the backyard? Yeah. You did what to your sister? <laughs> right? Okay. But wait, there's more. Act now in the next 10 minutes and you'll receive. No, I'm sorry. That just came out infomercial. But there is more of this verse. If you read on, he tells you how. How to submit, how to resist, and how to draw near. Look at this. The rest of verse 8. Wash your hands, you sinners. Oh, what? Nobody likes being called a sinner. And let me clarify, you are not an ongoing sinner. And I don't have time to really jump into all this, but you are doing a disservice to the sacrifice that died once and for all if you continue to live your life as a sinner, or call yourself a "I'm just a sinner, I am a sinner," and God knows, you know. I, I'll touch on it a little bit, but don't do that. He's a blood that cleansed once and for all. And he continues to purify and continues to make us holy. Now that we did read. All right. So wash your hands, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. There it is again. Hearts and minds connected. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And what he's doing right now is he's explaining if you do, you don't have to, Paul said, you don't have to sin. But if you do sin, if you do trip up, if you do find yourself standing next to that tree and listening to that serpent a little too long here's what to do. I like that he said, wash your hands right in the middle of all this COVID stuff. What have we been hearing over and over again? Wash your hands, 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 right? Why? Get that dirty thing out of your hands. If she was already holding that fig, she needed to, as Elsa said, let it go. Right? (laughs) Let it go. Get it out of your hands. Throw it down. Wash your hands. Get it out and repent that you were even standing next to the thing God told you, don't. If he said don't do it, don't do it. Wash your hands. Get away from it. Get it out of there and repent, which means to turn exactly in the opposite direction of Change the way you was thinking. What were you doing even standing next to that tree? What were you doing? Now, I learned. I raised enough boys. I learned you don't ask them why. What's the answer? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So I stopped asking why. So what were you doing even standing next to that tree? Let me tell you what you were doing. Right? And now I've learned I just tell them. Because I don't want to hear, I don't know. You do know. And let me tell you what you know so you'll know that I know that we know that you won't do that again. (laughs) Wash your hands. Let it go. Repent. He says, purify your hearts. And listen, he called them double-minded. Purify your heart. Why? You're listening to that liar. You're entertaining things that are contrary to God's word. Double-minded man is unstable in all he does. Don't think you're going to receive anything. You're not going to get anything if you're double-minded. He said, purify your hearts, you double-minded. You find yourself next to that tree. You're holding on to that fruit. Let it go, right? Let it go. Wash your hands. And then you speak back to that devil. What do you mean God wants me to have this What do you mean God wants me to feel this way? That blood washes my conscience even. He sprinkles my heart. He washes, not halfway, he washes all the way. He cleansed me. I was dead and buried and while you're speaking to him, walk away from him. Don't stay there. Line it up. Line those thoughts up with the word of God and that will purify your heart. How dare you believe anything less than what he said? That's right. Or why would you say, well, I believe this, but I don't know if I believe that. You just call God a liar. He's either all true or he's a liar. It's one or the other. You can't have both. You can't believe half of his word and not believe the other half. He's all true or he's a liar. And we're all lunatics for being here. If we're serving a liar. So he has to be God. He has to be true. True. Purify your hearts by setting your thoughts on God's word alone. And then humble yourself. Then humble yourself. So just like I said, you find yourself next to that tree. You're holding that fruit. Let it go. Throw it down. Wash your hands. Repent. Turn away. And you can start talking. to. You don't even have to look at that devil. Actually, every uh, friend of mine who has a little soul in them knows that you want to make your point, you don't even look at their eyes no more. You let your head and you let your body tell them, I'm not talking to you. What's this? We always say this. Oh, look, she's giving them the hand. I always say, oh, stop that. I give them the hand. Give that devil the hand and tell him, nope. Change the way you're thinking. God did not say that. Well, you know, you've seen, you feel. Doesn't matter. God said. And then you run. Then you draw near to God. You run to him. Humble yourself before him. Listen to me. Means you surrender everything to him. All your life. All your past. And you need to stop fishing in the the lake of or forgetfulness. Because he said that's where he threw your sins. And you've been standing around on that bank fishing and rehashing and rehashing. Re-catching those and look at how wicked I was. You know, get away from that bank. Sorry, that was a free one. You need to give them everything. Your life, your past, your will, your desire, your need for affection... Your need for love, your need to be right, your need to understand. A surrender, a humble yourself means an everything of you. He gives you everything of Him. Why would He not require you to give Him everything of you? Everything. Come near to the Father. Trust him alone to provide you with everything. And then, the scripture says, then he will lift you up. Amy, would you come back? I am wrapping up, and here's where I want to I wanna put a big pause. Our culture today, our Christian culture today, Listen to this. Tell me if this doesn't sound familiar. I don't need to repent anymore. I did that. I don't need to stop doing what I want to do. God knows my heart. I don't need to humble myself before the Lord, and and yet I should still receive all his promises. Right? We're under grace now. All oh, God's goodness, no requirements, no commandments. I don't have to do anything. And then, when you don't receive the answer to your prayers, promises fulfilled, you hold it against God. Well, God must be holding something good from me. God must not want me healed. God doesn't want me to have this. And if God won't give it to me, well, I'll just go get it for myself. And here's where most Christians are standing today, right here by the tree, in the garden next to Eve. That serpent is still spilling that same lie. God's holding something good from you. So you better go get it if you want it. Go get it yourself. And think about that. It says, when promises are fulfilled, his great and precious promises, which, by the way, it goes on to say, I don't think I read that, Corinthians 1.24, no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ. They are all yes in Christ. But when you're not, listen, he said to escape the corruption of the world, which he was specifically linking to promises fulfilled. So when you're not seeing your promises fulfilled, the prayers answered, the corruption that he's talking about, the evil desires, is when you go after it yourself. Well, I've been asking God for this. New living room set for eight years, and you know art van's going out of business, and they'll lend us, you know, six months same as cash, and so then you run out, and you get that, and then you realize, hey, that's not so bad, that's a little payment, and then you, oh God, I'm going to ask you for that, but well, wait a minute, I don't need to ask God for that, I can go get that, and then you go get this, and then you go get this, and then you go get that, and all of a sudden you're over your head in debt you're blaming God the corruption of evil or when you begin to tithe for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time and you're believing God okay I heard a good word Devin told me a good word I'm going to try tithing you're going to try tithing you get home and your dryer breaks dishwasher goes out your car starts having problems see I knew it I knew it got to fend for myself I need to take that money back and fend for myself it's the same lie the serpent is still speaking that God is withholding something good for you so from you so you need to go get it yourself We have access to the Father, to a good, good Father who is always faithful to his promises, to those who are in him. In him. And it will either be next week or the week after that we'll actually touch on what it means to remain in him. You can't just once come into him and then continue to go out and there I did that. Got my get out of jail free card in my back pocket. Get out of hell free card. And you're okay. You must remain in him. But all his promises are yes to those in Christ. He cleanses us, gives us confidence to enter full assurance of faith. But it's a choice. It's your choice. Would you stand up? I want to ask you right now. just say if you're not seeing promises fulfilled in your life I would challenge you to try really entering in staying in and remaining in and again, we'll, we'll really dive into that in a couple weeks, what it means to remain in Him. But we're talking today about going through that door. Jesus, the body, the blood that's opened up now a new and living way. You have complete access now to the most holy place. So stop standing on that side of the door. And enter in and he said it's through his promises fulfilled is how you may participate in the divine nature and escape corruption that's caused by evil desires. How many want that? I'm ready to start living a life that participates in the fullness of his divine nature can escape the corruption caused by evil desires. I'm sick of getting tripped up. Thinking that I need to fend for myself. And I'm not talking to you like I got over this years and years and years ago. I was just telling Brian, I think it was yesterday. I had a revelation while getting ready. I'm in the middle of this. I keep doing this. Because we've been asking for this one thing. Well, many things. But this one thing in particular. And I keep going up there to my desk and, and looking up our budget and and working this out and that out how can I and if I set this side money and, and then I can set this amount of money aside and, then you know only if we pull a little bit here from the credit card you know that was beta and you know and we can have this and a revelation came to me Saturday it's like you're right you're doing this you're trying to for yourself. You don't fully trust. And I'm I let it go. got it out of my hand, shut that thing off. Forget it. You're right, God. Lying to that, listening to that lying serpent and run back. I trust you. You're a good, good father. Over and over. And that's how I encourage to strengthen, you know, encourage myself, strengthen myself as I repeat the scriptures that says every good and perfect gift comes from God. He is a giver of all good gifts. You think you're good, a good father, and you want to give good gifts to your kids, oh, that's evil compared to how good God is and how much He wants to give you good gifts. So I just repeat those things over and over again. But let me challenge you this morning. And would you just bow your heads and I want to pray with you, but I want you to get serious with God. And you need to if you're battling in that right now do just like I said I did and repent right now start talking to him you've got an altar area right there in front of your chair we spread it out to give that social distancing well what we did is we created a whole bunch of altars devil tried to stir us up we just said fine we'll multiply the altars then so you got an altar right there in front of your chair if you need to get on your face get on your face and repent that you were standing too close to that tree and you were about to, maybe you already did reach out and grab that thing because you thought God was holding something back and you had to get it yourself. And ask him for forgiveness and run to your father. And he will cleanse you, give you complete, confident access into his presence and run up on his lap. And let him wash over you. Come on, let's just do that right now. Come on, come on, come on. Yes, yes, yes. And I want you to see that door wide open, that body of Jesus, that blood that covers the doorpost and covers your life, sprinkles your heart and washes your body clean. That door is not closed. It's wide open, wide open. And so while some of you are are talking to God right now and you're repenting if you need to or you're just asking deeper, deeper and you're trying to go in deeper, just go in deeper with Him. But if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, don't leave today. If you're watching online, don't shut this video off today until you make Jesus your Lord and Savior. He's your Savior. He can save you from hell. He can save you from a life of empty, vain pursuits, but He can also be your Lord. And He has a grand kingdom that He wants to bring you, not only you to it, but He wants to bring it to you now. Abundant life now. And all you have to do is open up like that divine proposal. He's asking, will you have me as your one and only? And you just make that commitment with him today by saying yes. Talk to him. Build upon that relationship. Let him fill you with the Holy Spirit. And let him continue to draw you in. you go closer to him. He said, I'll go closer to you. And you will become... One, one with him. Father, I thank you, God, for your word is living and active. You, O oh Jesus, are the living way, the open door, complete access to the most holy of holies. That we can have confidence to enter in like a little child running in with a pure heart and running up onto her father's lap and knowing that you, oh God, love us so abundantly more than we could ever imagine. And your love for us is unending. And you have good, good things in store for us, good plans, a good future, abundance of life here on earth and with you in eternity. And we trust you fully. Forgive us, God, when we try to uh, take care of or fend for things ourselves. Forgive us, oh God. Forgive us, O oh God right now we wash our hands of those things we wash our hands of those things we repent we turn away from those things that even caused us to come close to the things that you've told us not to do We grab a hold of your entire word and we ask you, as Psalm 119.11 says that you would hide that word deep in our heart that we would not sin against you. That we would be fully assured in our faith. We can come in and go out and find pasture because we have decided this day to make the Lord God our dwelling place. Thank you. 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 Can you just lift up your voice? Just start thanking Him right now. Thank you that we have access. Thank you, God, for access into Your Holy of Holies. Right now, if you have a sickness in your body, right now I want you to start. I want you to start speaking life over your body. You are healed in the name of Jesus. You have been healed. It's already there. It's a provision that's already there. When you step into him, you can receive his provisions. Come on. Speak to your body right now. I am healed. I am healed. I am set free. If you've been battling with something in your mind or in your life right now, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. No doubt, no question. You have been freed. And it says that he came to set the prisoner free, which was his choice, his consequences. He did it. And the captive free, which means somebody else's sin, somebody else's choice, you were sucked into it. And you've been suffering the consequences, he's come to set both free. You are free right now, receive it. Freedom, 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 freedom. There is no chain that he cannot break or he has not already broken, to be accurate. He has broke every chain. He has bore every sin. He has bore every sickness, disease, illness, pain and suffering. It's all gone. But you have to step into it. Come on, I'm going to ask Amy to just open up the altar right now in your seat right where you're at. She's going to lead us. And I don't want you to run out. I want you to receive it. I want you to soak it in. Come on, get that word, get that truth in you so deep that that enemy cannot pick that out.